I want to thank McAlpine Media Catholic Clothing Company and REL Entertainment, Rhodes Entertainment, for sponsoring this episode of From the Sash Podcast. Now on to the interview with the Failsafe. Welcome back to another From the Stash podcast, and I'm your host, James David McAllister, and today I have the Failsafe from Minnesota. I have Chad, the drummer, and I have Jesse, the vocalist, and I have Cal, the lead, uh, lead guitarist. Um, go ahead and uh, introduce yourselves a little bit more. Um, I guess we could start with vocalist Jesse. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so a little bit about me. Uh, lead singer of the Failsafe, which uh, we're doing the podcast. Uh, pretty boring dude, I guess. Prop taxpayer, I guess you can throw that in there. <laughs> now, um, something interesting. Something interesting. Well, besides being in this band, which is very interesting, uh, at least for me, I got three awesome dogs, and I'm friends with a guy named Chad, and I'm friends with a guy named Kyle. That works. That's a good. That's a good icebreaker. Okay, uh, Kyle, your turn. Um, I am. Tell us I a little bit about yourself. Play guitar in the Failsafe. Um, uh, my, for my day job, I work as a web developer. Um, other than that, like my whole life is based around music and playing guitar for the most part. I've got a solo YouTube channel where I make content on there. Um, and I also have another band with Chad um, called Four Chord Story. It's a like an acoustic side project that we do. That that's hell yeah, appreciate it. Can you turn yourself up just like one or two more notches for me? Sure. How's that? That's perfect. That is right. beautiful. Jesus, Kyle, this is why we can't have nice podcasts. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, all good. At least we got it. Good now. All right, Chad. I am Chad. I am the drummist. Uh, I also play in a little side project with Kyle called Four Chord Story. Shameless plug. Um, no, I've been with these guys for quite a few years because we actually were in a band previously together. So these are some of my bestest friends. And it's very cool when you get to be in a successful project with people that you admire and respect and just very thankful to be a part of this group. Okay, stemming stemming off of that, uh, I hear I hear myself in somebody's. I don't know if somebody is. Me- I think I'm good now. Okay, we're good now. Um, so with that said, you know, playing with you know your buddies and people you admire and stuff, how'd that come about? How 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 did you guys become a band? <clears throat> I could jump in on that. So we were in a, a band previously together, uh, the three of us and another person, and that band ended up breaking up. And we still wanted to play music, the three of us did. And so we kind of used that as an opportunity to kind of dial in a little bit. Uh, the previous band, it was kind of all over the place. There was a lot, it was pop, it was rock, there was a guy singer, a girl singer. It was just, we didn't pick a lane. And when we made this project, we definitely had more of a direction. And with that, we were able to, I think, harness more of a uh, loyal fan base in return it just seemed that we just had more people enthusiastic about the band just because it had more direction so we had basically more diehards and it just made it more fun to play honestly well i think a, a big part of that too is that like in this previous band like i was on drums still you were still singing but we had kyle was basically playing bass which is obviously not he could play bass phenomenally well but 
that was not his main instrument. Guitar is his main instrument. So once Kyle jumped over to guitar, where he's supposed to be, and started writing, I think that really kind of opened up the floodgates for, you know, the success for because you and him just kind of just jumped on this writing tear um, that just really kind of helped define our started playing the guitar for this band. So I think that was kind of a, in my opinion, kind of a defining moment as well. Almost definitely. I, I've noticed like, it's funny you say that you have a more like direct sound now. Yeah. I'm still hearing myself a little bit in somebody's, I don't know if, I don't think it's me. I'm not sure. It's, it's very real faint. It's not that big of a deal, but you know, I don't, as I spoke on prior to this, it'll drive me nuts later. But I listened to a little bit of your guys' music, and I I try to put my finger on what like, – because I try to peg bands, and, and I know I, I'm a vocalist myself. I hate when you get dubbed in, oh, well, they sound like these guys or, or these guys or these guys or whatever. But you guys are so versatile because it's – I didn't – wasn't expecting that. I was expecting metalcore. I'm not going to lie. When I, when, I, when I listened, you know, I was like, well, it's probably be a metalcore band. The, the name almost fits it. The look kind of fits it. But I heard everything in between and more, uh, you know, complex guitar riffs, um, drum fills, uh, dynamic vocals, you know, not just one uh, one one way road, you know, vocals. Um, it was I, I think I told my fiance because I, sh I showed her you guys and she 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 dug it. And I was like, she said it kind of reminded her a little bit of all that remains. Oh, and um. And I, I had to agree to her too. I, I had to agree to agree with her to an extent on that. But again, I can't put my finger on uh, the like the pulse. So like, where did you guys get? Now I know you guys each have individual influences, obviously. But as a band, is there like an influence or like a sound or something that you guys try to achieve as a band or does it just come naturally in the writing process? I will definitely say that there's things that we don't, we, we know what when we were writing something and we realize it's not, it's what we don't want. We we're able to find that pretty quick, <laughs> but a lot of it does, does come from influences. Um, myself, I, 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 uh, I like a lot of pop. I like a lot of rap. I like a lot of hip hop, but I also like a lot of melodic rock as well. And, I know Kyle has a lot of metalcore influences and just general guitar influences, and he's extremely talented. And Chad has more of a a punk, along with a kind of a, like an old school rock or new metal influence. And so it, we kind of come together and we say, okay, well, this is what I'm thinking, and then we try not to, I guess, put ourselves in. We put ourselves in the box, but we also don't put ourselves in the box. And when we hear something, hey, I think this sounds like it would belong in this category here. It sounds a little dated. How we th we sprinkle in some of this influence on it and flip the sound. So there's a lot of that that goes on. That's that's interesting. Now, in your area where you guys are from, uh, um, is what what's the scene like up there? I mean, I know like the whole Corona. I don't know if there even is a scene right now, but like. <laughs> Prior to that, what what's the scene like up there? Because i got to be honest, I don't – I mean, I'm an Ohio boy. Sure. I don't know much about the Minnesota okay. scene. I guess I'll, I'll speak on this. and Hopefully, I don't piss off any listeners. But there is a scene I, in Minneapolis. In my opinion, I think the scene has been the same scene as it's been for 15 to 20 years. It's kind of like the same 
people are still holding on to the dream, still pushing the same, playing in front of the same people, we're playing at the same bars, and it really wasn't evolving, and we really weren't pushed to move past that until we really started looking outside of Minneapolis, started looking at the regional scene, started looking at uh, bands um, like Archers from Wisconsin, looking at bands like uh, Qualia from Illinois, um, uh, even well, Divide the Fall, they're, they're partially from Wisconsin, partially from Minnesota, but it was bands like that that we got the chance to play with that we wanted to rise to that level, basically. That's, um, I know, I knew back in the day I used to book a band from Wisconsin, uh, Sleep Serapist Sleep was their okay. name. And it and they were kind of and they were kind of big, but I I think I know what you mean. Like I'm from Ohio, which our our music scene is it's booming. It, it really is, and it always has been since I've been in since 17. I'm 33 now, but um, I'm from a smaller area, so it wasn't like that. So I know exactly what you mean, and and you see that band though go that extra mile, uh, and you're like, oh man, you know, we can break out of here and do that. So with that said. Uh, do you guys have, and it's kind of jumping the gun here. I mean, we got a lot of other shit to talk about, but do you guys have anything planned or are you guys kind of just like, and show wise, I mean like touring or anything like that. Are you guys kind of just pumping the brakes on that because of the, you know, COVID? so we're in the works right now. I mean, we, we actually did play a COVID show back in August just to test the waters. Uh, there was no shows going on in Minneapolis or any really shows going on in Wisconsin or the ones that were, were, kind of i guess for lack of better term concerning i guess or dangerous so to speak or they're higher risk so we actually played a show in illinois just to test the waters and the show did it, it was it was at it was at 100 percent capacity as far as tickets sold problem was they were booking 25 percent building capacity so like maybe 100 tickets sold we played in front of like 30 to 50 people by, by the time we were up. We got paid a, like 150 bucks for the show and we spent 200 bucks on gas. So. Yeah, that's well, you know, I just had a show last night. I book shows for a living. Okay. That's what I did prior to the whole Corona thing hitting. And when it hit real hard, that's when I started the podcast. But uh there's still select few. Well, they're not venues because anything considered a venue is not allowed to operate right now. So I'm booking more or less at like holes in a wall. Uh, and last night we, we had a situation, you know, like that where it's just, but it was actually capacity because uh, it's a private establishment. And I, I, people know my views on how I feel about the situation and stuff. And, and, and of course, you know, <clears throat> precautions are taken and I, I do respect other people's, you know, beliefs and thoughts and stuff. So, but I didn't expect it to be the way I, I show up at five o'clock and there's a line around the building for a local yeah. show, dude. And I'm just thinking in my head, like, this is crazy. This is how bad people are, you know, in my area, you know, cause they're used to shows constantly uh, that, that they just want shows. And I, 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 I gotta tell you, I kind of feel guilty in a way, but in a way I don't, you know, it's, because it's literally like the only venue open around here and it just kind of keeps some sort of pulse because I mean, it's, you know, back to being a booker book. I book uh, uh, like a lot. Well, I booked a lot of bands. Well, there's not very many bands left anymore. I'm booking mostly rap. So a lot, a lot of the reason for booking is keeping these bands relevant and wanting to keep doing it. It's um, 
it's I, it's such a lack of bands. It's, it's crazy. So mm-hmm. I would assume is it like that up there? I would imagine. Do you guys have trouble finding like genre shows? Yeah, I mean, I'll go for it. Go for it. But yeah, definitely post COVID, there's like nothing going on here at all, um, as far as I know. Um, like our, our lockdown restrictions are very strict here. Um, so, but but prior to COVID, like yeah, there was definitely um, a lot of most of our shows. I'd say you know we're we're playing with bands that are similar to us and you know the audience you know would like everybody that played that sort of thing we you know there also were shows that we did that had like ragtag bills um but you know we try to avoid those that was mainly in the early days i'd say um (laughs) you i book a lot of mixed genre anymore and it's not out of want really a lot of it's out of necessity and i've noticed too with like the mixed genre shows it does bring a larger fan base and I, and I, and I have not, now that this isn't all cases, but a lot of cases, man, the, the bands and the rappers walk away from it and they, they've garnered a couple of new fans from a new fan base or whatever. So I, I would, I would imagine that you guys would prefer to play with, you know, bands similar to your genre. Yeah, most definitely. We is that never safe really to say? In my yeah. opinion, I don't think we've really had a situation where we walked in into uh a variety show basically and left with with more fans besides the people who heard about us we're already there right if yeah it it just kind of we leave there bewildered and the show usually short draws (laughs) yeah honestly like (laughs) damn i don't think shows are nearly as effective for getting more fans as just being active on social media these days like yeah you're right like basically right. once we realized, you know, COVID was going to be a long-term thing and we, we need to find a way to stay relevant as a band, you know, I, I basically just said, all right, I'm going to put all of my effort into just pumping our social media and reaching out to people. And basically our Spotify numbers like have like grown like five times as much since I started doing that. Um, yeah, and this was even, this was even after we were a band for like over a year. So like, it's just like in this very short period since like August, like when we really started doing. Yeah. A like, lot of just to kind of go into that yeah. a little bit, we would, let's say we would do like a weekend, a weekend run through like Wisconsin or Chicago or, you know, someplace we play multiple shows. We would make enough money to, you know, make something to cover our bills essentially. And, may put some money toward rent, but at, at the end of that weekend, aside from some merch and everything we sold, we maybe got like, you know, 10 new followers on social media and it just didn't. That'd be a good show. 10, like more often than not, it was like five or less. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Seriously. So it's definitely, it's COVID has been a game changer in that regard, but for the bands who are willing to work hard and, you know, do, especially what Kyle has been doing, busting his ass, it's, it's been an equalizer. Uh, you know, that's how I found you, you guys. Um, I, uh, I don't know who it was. You guys messaged me on uh, Instagram, your guys's uh, release um, for the punk goes pop release. And, you know, 
I, some people don't like that. So, I, me personally, I dig it because I always check it out and, you know, I, I find new bands that way and stuff like that. And I, I respect the hustle. You know, I get what you're doing, you know, because I've been there and done and I still do it to this day. And that's how I found out about you guys. So that's I, I and I'll say this from a um, how, how do I work from a managerial aspect? Numbers on social media are fucking everything, unfortunately, but they really, truly are. Like when it comes to you, longevity, like if you want to get signed or get attention from a label, whatever, you better have at least 20,000 uh, uh, Spotify uh, spins, you know, like monthly, you know, or they're probably not going to consider you because it's not, a, you know, uh, worth their time because, you know, a lot of labels and things of that sort. And I don't even know if you guys are even shopping or anything like that, but you know, they want someone who's kind of established a little bit, you know, they don't want to have to build somebody. Yeah, on even, up. We've so, even had a couple I, of people inquire uh, labels inquiring now, just based off what we have now, which is not a ton. But. I'm not shocked. You're real diverse, man. It's, it's <clears throat> like, uh, for lack of a better term, you're like a sore thumb, but not, not a bad way in, in a scene of such cookie cutterness, man. Like you, 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 you're okay. Let's think of a better uh, metaphor here. You're, you're like a, um, everything's super cookie cutter, you know? I mean, for the most part, you're going to hear that a lot with a lot of bands, you know, especially starting out or, you know, local bands, but you guys are so, I mean, in my opinion, and I'm not just blowing, you know, smoke up your ass. I think that you guys are so diverse that when, and correct me if I'm wrong and you may experience this already when you play shows or, or with other bands, you have to stick out. And, and I, I mean, to me, at least if I booked you, I'm going to book you with bands similar to you, but damn, to get bands that sound like really close to you, like almost, you know, hand in hand would be damn near impossible, uh, which is a good thing again. So I think that you guys will, if you keep up what you're doing now, I mean, yeah, the sky's the limit, dude. Like keep that diversity and never, uh, never conform or whatever. So how long... First of all, how old are you guys? Uh, Chad, we'll start I Chad. am 36 you? years young. Same. 36. Jesse. And uh, I'm Cal. 29. Benno's 25. 33. Okay. Yeah, Benno's the baby. I think he's 26 now. He just had a Yeah, he just turned 26. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's, all, it's, all, it's always good to have that young, young, uh, <laughs> that young meat in your <laughs> band, you know? Uh, keeps you youthful. Um, I, you, that's inspiring, man. I'm 33. I kind of hung it up. Uh, I'm a vocalist myself. I kind of hung it up and started booking and stuff like that. I had a kid, long story short. So it's inspiring to see like you guys uh, just head forward. You know, is it sa it's safe to say that this is the most serious you guys have ever yeah. taken a project? Yeah, definitely for me. For sure. I can say the same. Yeah, it's because I have to say, Cal has been on my ass about this podcast. He has been, hey, you know, and which is good. That's good. I need that. But he's been, you know, hey, are we good? Are we, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm hey, on blah, your blah, ass because these guys are on my ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's, no, it's good, man, that you, so I'd assume you kind of take the, the, uh, again, lack of a better term, the parent role of the band. Like, are you more of the, uh, managerial uh, um, in some respects, uh, leader um, we kind of have we, we separate our roles out pretty well in this band I think actually um, Chad is a Good. an audio engineer and he handles all the engineering for our stuff um, and he puts it a ton of time oh like, wow that's a blessing a real MVP and then Jesse um, we well we have a management company not handling booking for us now but in the past he'd done a lot of booking and you know he's still he he 
is our primary channel through which we talk to our manager and stuff. And I handle social media primarily and then you know, reaching out to, you know, people that want to collaborate with us and that kind of thing. So, um, are you guys, and I hate asking bands this, I'm just interested in myself. You don't have to answer if you don't want to. Um, are you guys shopping for a label? Are you guys like, I know you mentioned it a couple of yeah. approaches. Are you guys in any talks? Are you like to talk about it? Or are you NDA out of your mind? So James, we're basically, we haven't, we had infrastructure from a previous band to the point where we, we have a recording studio that Chad owns that we record at. We do the majority of our own music videos. We finance or, or, or do like pre-orders for merchandise. So at the end of the day, there's, very little of a label has been able to do to us is because my question to all the labels has been, what can you do for me that would justify us giving something to you or whatever they're looking for that we can't do ourselves. That you're totally right though. That's uh, see, I was curious at how your mindset was because in these, in this day and age, especially if you're spreading the workload out amongst you guys, you don't need a label, man. A label, basically, I mean, distribution was what bands, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, that was 90% of why a band would want to get signed Yeah, was because of distribution. Well, now you can just get CD Baby or uh, put your stuff on iTunes or Bandcamp or, or Spotify or whatever. There's so many, and it's cheap. It's not that expensive either. And plus YouTube and stuff. Plus with you guys having the engineer and the recording, I mean, you're cutting thousands and thousands of dollars out of you know just the recording process so yeah i mean so okay so light bulb just went off in my head have you guys considered and I, maybe it's too much work for you but to help finance your dream per se and maybe you guys already do this do you like help any other bands with engineering or uh you know production or management or anything like that any kind of anything like that that goes our way we basically point to chad and just give it to him because yeah this is chad's side business is you know engineering stuff for other people and so so there's any bands out there listening that want to get recorded (laughs) yeah (laughs) hit me up (laughs) absolutely if you like what you hear on our record i could do the same for you so then chad how how long have you uh been 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 doing the engineering like to to the to the point where you feel confident enough to release music because i know a lot of people it takes them a while to get you know oh man i'm still still figuring that out and i think every engineer who's worth their you know weight is still figuring that out just because there's the technology is so actively changing and you have new plugins and new techniques and new shit all the time but i mean i got my formal education in production and engineering 12 years ago and I just kind of jump right into it. I, I didn't take the time to intern. I was like, screw this. I'm, I'm doing it full bore. So I'm actually technically on my third studio right now. Each one has kind of progressed as I've progressed. Um, so I've been confidently putting out music for 10 years as a producer engineer. That is, do you remember your first <laughs> yeah. uh, piece of music you put out? If I'm ever having a bad day, what was it? I'll go was back it and yours? listen to that and be like, well, we're, we're better. We're better. Things are fine. 
Um, so yes, I, <laughs> it's, I it's, it was actually my first ever recorded piece was something I did in college. And that's what really sparked it for me in college is I was the only one that had any kind of recording technology at all for my band. And so we did a record and that's what really sparked the interest, but good Lord, going back and listening to that thing. It's like, I really sincerely hope no one ever hears this again. <laughs> Oh, come on. You, you know, like one of these days, uh, you know, somebody will hear me, like, man, I missed that raw sound. Everything's was so raw It was definitely, yeah, <laughs> no, I, I agree. And we, I mean, we're guilty of that to a certain extent as well, but I mean, it's the genre, it's the style. I mean, some things you just kind of, you know, no, you're, yeah. we're no dummies, you know, we, we, we kind of know what we have to go for. And so from a production standpoint, sometimes we do kind of stretch it to that limit. Um, but that's just part, that's just part Absolutely. of the process. Yeah, it's almost like post-production has become an instrument in itself for artistic expression. Absolutely. Um, like, what, what's that called? Uh, uh, not, not like plugins, but um, oh, Joey Sturgis has a lot of them. Um, okay. Yeah, plugins. Okay, plugins. They become, you know, uh, uh, Dave Felton Gravy, ex-Mushroom Head guitarist, one of my co-hosts, he uh, was telling me how he never – ever in his entire life and he's almost 60 he's never used plugins um he's always done his own presets and stuff like and uh he he said it's so much reliant now on you know people are just plugging in these you know presets and it, it's that you know there's there's no differential from the next man to the other so uh, now do you guys i mean i would assume obviously you're going to use some plugins but do you guys try to you know differentiate yourselves by making your own or or not using them or approaching that in a different way than just oh, okay well i'm gonna slap a joey sturgis uh, plug in on this and it's gonna uh you know make it sound the tuning or well, the tone I, sound just like this in guitar. terms of like, you guys in different we do a lot of keyboards and different things in our in our sound but i i do a little of uh i think we coined the term ghetto production that have kind of uh, defined or have kind of given us some of our unique sound in our, in our instruments or our uh, electric or our samples and keyboards and things like that. Just little things you want, you would, they're pretty like, like uh, just basic things, but they're, they're not always together. I, you know, I, I, um, the last CD my band had made, we, we layered a lot, you know, and I'd never really done that even vocally. You know, I, I scream and sing, I do all the vocals, but like we would put, you know, a high, a mid, a low, you know, maybe even two lows on one track, you know, and then, uh, and of course the guitar stuff we didn't, you know, unless it was doing guitars, you know, with the guitarists and stuff, but, um, vocally I'm, I'm curious, Jesse, cause you have such a wide, range do you do any type of layering or oh, how, how yeah. does your so process work it depends i i usually try to get away as much as i can but <laughs> so so if i'm writing a song if if i'm writing a song just to start from the scratch demo this is my what i give to the band not all of it ends up there but the essence of it does i like to add uh not just doubles but i like to just straight melodyne an octave down on my lead vocal and just tuck that into the mix just to give it some extra grit. Sometimes I'll use a vocoder for texturing that it's just 
layered in there and tucked in just little things. So it just, it, it creates a bigger or larger life sound or just, it sounds, it, it, I guess it's, I like to say the term unique, but it's, it's not hundred percent unique. It just gives it some grit. It gives it some character, I guess is the bad word. It's, it's funny you say that because it, you remind me, I call it butt rock, which it isn't a bad thing because I'm talking bands like it's, uh, your primary vocal to me, like Chevelle, Ew. Breaking Benjamin, um, Seether, like in that mold, that rock voice, like uh, <clears throat> the the good ones though like not not um i'm trying like not nickelback nothing like that man like the you know the ones with nuances and things like that but it, it kind of reminded me of that a little bit you know i had that kind of spin to it um almost like an all that remains again you know i guess you could consider them radio radio rock oh, there we go that's a little bit rock. what's where did that come uh, from again kyle uh it's like the radio stations that would it's, have a thing like you're listening to 92 kxlr where we play nothing but rock so. You know, you know, and it's like Seether and Shine Down and stuff like that. Uh, which no shade to them, you know. I mean, in fact, I think a few of those bands on the radio are like Chevelle. I I love Chevelle. Um, but so all right, Cal, I'm curious. <clears throat> so, it, lead guitar is yeah. your main instrument, right? And I, uh, I, you play bass. As well, do you play drums too? Are you a, are you uh, actually, a drummer? Yeah, somewhat? I do. Um, I I actually used to have an electronic kit in my apartment that I sold because I didn't have that much time to play it anymore, and it was taking up space. But I, I do play drums as well. So, okay, so now I'm real curious. So the writing process with you guys. I'm just going to take a shot in the get. I'm going to sh take a shot in the dark and make myself look like an asshole here, and you guys get to correct me. I'm going to guess that Cal probably sits down, tracks some guitars, um, and then, well, I'd say if he still had the, the uh, electronic drums, he probably even would track some, you know, just, you know, basic you know, drum tracks. But I'm going to say that he writes the guitars and then goes to Chad, the drummer, and then they get together and he expands on that. And then, then they bring the other guitarist in. And then Jesse comes in last, or am I completely oh, off? Yeah, it's I'll, all I'll tell you how I'm it just so works. off. Um, so both me or all three, basically me, Chad, and Jesse, we we all have ideas that we have. So Chad actually also plays guitar and bass, as and Jesse plays guitar, um, and so we'll we all just have ideas, but we have different kind of perspectives from where we start our songwriting. Um, like I, I would consider myself a bottom up songwriter. So I'll start with like one part of a song that I think is cool and then like try to expand the song from there. And then Jesse, I'd say, is more of a top down songwriter where he usually comes up with like a cool vocal hook or something or just a general idea for a song and then builds a song out of that. And then, um, then Chad also is kind of along both those lines. But we'll basically um, come up with ideas and just record demos of them. You know, we, we've all got, you know, some amount of uh, recording stuff in our own homes that we can use. And, you know, we'll just record a demo and send it to the rest of the band and be like, what do you guys think? And then, you know, 
if other people will jump on it at that point and add more to it. So it, it kind of works that way. That's definitely been a game changer, at least for us, That's... for writing, is that we all have Logic Pro, which is a recording software for those of you know, who don't know who are listening, but we all have right. the ability to write to come. I want to thank McAlpine Meadery for sponsoring this episode of From the Stash Podcast, located at 10035 Johnsford Road, Beach City, Ohio, 44608, phone number 330-756-5019, again, 330-756-5019. They take passion in brewing high-quality European-style artisan honey wine known as mead. It's available in 87 retail stores. It's also available in 36 different states to your front door. You can order online at www.mcalpinemead.com. Again, that's www.mcalpinemead.com. Hours of operation, Wednesday 4 to 10, Friday 4 to 12, Saturday 12 to 12, bands Fridays and Saturday nights. Thanks again to McAlpine Meadery for sponsoring this episode of From the Stash Podcast. Now on to the show, folks. Pose, and then we share these files and we upload these files and we download these files and that just that essence of songwriting i think is so drastically different not necessarily better or good than sitting in a room like you guys used to before recording technology yeah. and like just pounding it out and pounding it out i think by doing it this way it's just opening it up to so many different realms of creativity that you just weren't able to tap into before yeah and we do and we do also write some stuff together like we have actually a, one of our new singles that we're just wrapping up production on. Um, we actually just literally the three or, or I don't know sure if Benno was there, but um, we just got together at Chad's place and, you know, basically banged out the song like all together. So like we still do some stuff that way. Yeah, true. Yep. Musicians and bands out there listening. This is exactly how, if you want to take music seriously, you should approach it. Um, uh, that's phenomenal that you're all capable of that. I think that the, being able to bring everything to the table, everyone, I think that that is just, that's huge, man, because it just, it, it, it speaks of versatility. And, and that's always been, you know, I'm a vocalist, man. That's what I am. That's all I am. I've never been, I mean, I can read sheet music and stuff like that, but I can't write music. I can come up with simple ideas and stuff, but I could not sit here and compose a song. Or, or even the bones of a song or whatever lyrically of course you know and i think that's always been my downfall as a vocalist and it's always been something that and i'm not too old to go back and learn or whatever but i wish i would have taken the initiative when i was younger you know instead of just trying to be this rock star lead singer and took the initiative to truly learn the backbone of the music you know the drums the guitars the the bass the uh you know how it's written how how a bridge goes into a chorus or how, you know how that is written on an instrument uh, aspect and i've always envied you know i've always my experiences bands that do that do what you guys do are always the ones that tend to be you know around five years and from I now think we forgot to thing, mention you know? one of the most important it's, aspects of this which is our fourth member benno he is our fine tooth comb so he is has a just an ear for perfect time perfect pitch he can tell you when something's too much too little and he can tear something apart and we are grateful that he does. That's me nuts, but I'm thankful for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, dude, I, I know that feeling all 12, but man, I just wrote the best verse ever. And then, you know, Taurus looks at me, he's like, nah, man, there's this, this, and this. That is good to have, you know, and especially him being the uh, young buck, you know, being that uh, attentive to detail. 
that that's got to yeah. be that's got to be cool, you know. Uh, looking out for you, exactly. yeah, we snappers, you know. Had that experience. We were wrapping up a mix basically, and I thought we were done. And he's like, "Nope, we got to fix this." And this sound, it, it, it was such minute things that I just, you know, because I've listened to the song a million times before, but I never thought of. But having those kind of young, fresh, and he's just, he's very musical just in general. I mean, obviously, you know, he's a bass player. He should be, but he just, he understands. He, he's an interesting bass player in the sense that he under, he really looks at it from the aspect of a song and not just as, as an aspect from a bass player. Like he really looks at all the elements and, and is able to recognize what works and what doesn't work um, from timing, from pitch, from, from melodies, from a bunch of different stuff. So it's, uh, it's, it's been, it's been very as frustrating as it's been sometimes thinking I'm done. Then all of a sudden he's like, Nope, we got to fix these a bunch of things at the same time. It's, it's made us, better there's no no arguments made us better yeah and just one last point on this is i a, okay. a big strength that yep. I, this band has that i've haven't experienced as much in other previous projects is we have the ability to articulate our ideas or what works and what doesn't work so if something doesn't work it's just not i'm not feeling it. it's i'm not feeling it this is why here is an essay with references <laughs> and, and like it's Right. It's a yeah. professional approach as opposed to, I don't like that dude. You know, that, 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 that's a huge respect thing too. You know, like, yeah, you never want to be told like, Oh, well, no, that's wrong or whatever, you know, and especially like in a demeaning way or whatever. Um, I, I think that being able to approach things, uh, um, uh, democratically, you know, and being able to, you know, sit down and that's always been, I've noticed in my bands, like, it's always kind of been a downfall uh, because for one reason or another, somebody had to have it this way and their feelings got hurt or, you know, and maybe that's because basically every band I've been in, like the seven bands I've been in throughout almost two decades, they were all, I think one of them I was in with friends, all the other ones I was recruited as the vocalist. So I didn't know these kids really or anything you know like they just knew i was a vocalist and they wanted me to be their vocalist because i wasn't in a band that time for whatever reason and so i think with what you guys have that friendship that's it's rare because i mean even looking at touring bands and stuff like that you, you can look at a lot of them i mean there's one or two original guys left there you know and that's with most bands and it's I think a lot of it is, you know, there's, it's my situation, not your situation. Cause your situation, you guys can talk it out, move on to the next, you know, thing, you know, but otherwise, you know, people's egos and personalities get hurt. So with that said, um, what is the recording process? Like, do you guys, how long does it take? And, and I know it could take a month for a song, a week for a song. It depends. But how long, does it take typically for you guys to let's for the listeners listening uh, a scratch track, like uh, in the studio though, not like something you're going to send new, you know, cow or Chad or Jesse or whatever you go in and you're recording a scratch track or whatever. Well, How long does that process? Well, there's usually there's take a couple of trains like of thought here. Um, our, our like logic tracks that we pass around there with our plugins, they're fairly high quality. <laughs> so those yeah, oh, so yeah. they're already no, scratched. Our, our demos are are I rival them against like, some local bands' finished recordings. I mean, not to toot our own horn, but you know, we even try to make sure that our demos are on point. 
that's well that's important going back and listening to it because the whole point of a demo is to correct you know and or to you know expand or whatever and i I think the better you can have that sounding. Well, plus it excites the us. It's like if we're hearing, overall. if we're hearing, if, you, if we're, um, I mean, it's it's the whole bright, shiny object in the room theory. Like, you know, something's presented to us and it sounds good and it's a good song. It's, you get excited about it. It's like, oh, damn, I can't wait to write a drum part for this. Or, you know, I can't wait to write a vocal hook for this. Or, I don't know, it's just, it's, you know, it's it's the bright, shiny object in the room kind of theory. If it sounds good sonically, it just kind of gets you more pumped to work on it. At least in my opinion. Yeah. Right. So Jesse, with lyrics, um, do you write all your lyrics? And also, do you place the lyrics in the song? Or do you have help placing the lyrics in the song? Like, do you take input? Or how does how does the lyric well, and the you know, for, vocal for process go? I don't, I don't get it. So it's, I'm usually on my own on that. Um, so there's a couple different different um, uh, ways I go about this. Number one, I no matter what, I just come up with a vocal hook. That's the most important thing. And then I go into what I call vocal mapping, where I basically just start drawing dashes instead of just for the syllables of the hook. And then separately, right. I write lyrics with the hook in mind, but I just write lyrics just to write them. And then I just start filling it in. Yeah, that's very similar to how I do it too. That's great. That's almost exactly how I do it. So, how often do you write lyrics? Right, uh, your first set of lyrics, you put them in the song, and then how often do you go into the studio and go to record that that you have to? Well, no, because you guys do it differently. I guess it's damn. I guess you don't have to do that very often. See, because like I would practice, you know, and back to what you'd said, I'd make the guys play the same riff for two hours. You know, so I could get it down, and then we go to record it and be like, and we record. Yeah, there's. Oh my god, I got. Yeah, there was a song we were doing. We just got done recording uh, two songs, but the second one, it was the one that they were talking about that we were all kind of just sitting at Chad's house, just writing it together. I was just dying. I could not come up with lyrics for the life of me, and I was just like, God, I can't come up with a good hook. Can't come up with lyrics. And then, like the next week, I just sat at home and listened to it a couple. I'm like, wait a minute, oh, here it is, and I just everything just flew out of the pen. So, um, Cal, what is like what what is your influence? What like what's your mindset going into writing um, a song? Obviously, as a guitar player, like you know, I'm always looking for, or when I listen to other songs, like I'm like, you know, the thing. I'm looking for what's like cool guitar riffs and stuff like that. So that's usually what I start with to write a song. Um, but I'd say kind of in general, we sort of have a formula that we kind of stick to um, as far as just, you know, we, we tend to stick to, you know, the, the verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, formula. We don't really deviate from that. And I guess kind of what I try to envision for this band is that you know we we can be a band that sort of marries a lot of the cool like guitar stuff and metal and and all that sort of things but with you know a more traditional song structure that you know it will draw people in more so they can kind of get the best of both worlds 
No, I agree. That's why my fiance dug you guys because she's into that, right? You know, the melodic, the metal stuff. But she she likes screaming, but not a whole whole yeah. lot. She's very particular in it. So I think you hit that right. If that's what you're going for, I think I think you're doing a, a damn good job at it. Um, all right. Well, Chad, what what do you? Okay, so as from a drummer standpoint, what's your well, what's it's your kind mindset of funny because we've uh, it's been interesting the newer stuff that that we've been coming up with because it's been more technically challenging for me so if nothing else i'm becoming a better drummer which i'm thankful for with this newer material that we've been coming out with because so, a lot of times kyle will write the initial and i'll elaborate on it but he'll come up with the core drum part just because he needs to because he's writing the drums and he need, and he wants to like where there's certain double bass fills and certain intricacies and certain things to match the palm muting and stuff that he's doing. He'll write that out and give it to me and then elaborate on it, which I'll do. But it's definitely been a challenge for me as a drummer with this new stuff, which I'm excited about and nervous about uh, making sure that I, that, 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 you know, I'm able to, to hit these parts correctly. Um, and so it's just, I, I don't know if, to go, if I'm answering your question, but it's been kind of a fun and nerve wracking challenge here with the newer stuff that we've been writing, just because it's really, for the first time in a while, it's been a definite challenge for me as a musician, which I think is good uh, in terms of kind of taking me to the next level of being a musician. Oh, I, I, no, you answered it. I mean, a whole heart, you answered that good. That was a good answer, honestly, because... And it's it's cool to see and and hear you say too, you know, at thirty six, you're you're you know still learning and and you're being challenged and you're willing to accept that challenge and you know you're not settling and that's that's a good thing. Um, there's a it's kind of off reference and stuff like that. There's a band Oceans Eight Alaska is their name and they have a drummer Chris Turner is his name and. Uh, my drummer Austin Mulaney, shout out Austin Mulaney, love you, dude. I he does drum covers on YouTube. And I, I sent him uh, an Ocean's 8 Alaska song, Escapist. And he's like, dude, I can't play that. And I was like, what do you mean you can't play that? And he's like, dude, he whips out jazz brushes in that song and shit. They're like metalcore. They're like post-hardcore metalcore. Um, it's really, really good shit. You should check them out. Um, he's like, I can't, I can't do that, dude. There's no way. Uh, and I, I think that, I don't know if this is with you. Maybe it's a drummer thing. But a lot of the drummers I have worked with, they're, they sell themselves short. It seems. It seems like that. So in in this case, who in the band is the is that guy? That's like, man, I just, you know, it's, oh, this me. has been a struggle, or I can't get <laughs> I it, or us, or is anybody like that? Chad. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm the definite pessimistic. From from my own musical standpoint, like I'm definitely like, I don't know if I can get it. I don't know if I can get it. I I'm, I'm struggling. I don't know. And I guess it's kind of like the old adage, like if you expect a dog to bite you you're okay if it only craps on your shoe, you know? Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah no, yeah. I, yeah. I get it on. Listen, I have the same exact mindset. Like I, I get it. I'm like, prepare yourself for the worst, I guess. But it's, uh, I, I, I think that that any good musician, I heard you guys say all of us think that way, you know, and I think any good musician does, man. I, I don't think any, I think if you don't, then, I think if you're satisfied with yourself or like you, you know, just think you can do whatever or anything and you don't have any nervousness or anything going into it. I mean, I don't think that, you know, a, you should be doing it. And then B, I, I just, that's just a wrong attitude to take because I mean, perfect example, 36 years old, still growing, you know, on drums. I mean, it's, 
I know me 33 and I'm sure Jesse could say the same. I still learn. I'm still learning my voice yeah. <laughs> at 33. You know, it's, it's crazy how, you know, time and, and, and plus the people you work with too, like the people you're in bands with uh, motivate and stuff. Um, okay. So you guys released uh punk goes pop style song and yep, it, it, yep. Can be, it can be found on your youtube right yeah and which is just is it the we fail are the fail safe, safe or is it is, the fail safe yeah, it's our youtube channel for youtube the fail safe okay okay um and do you have any plans here in the immediate to near future of releasing anything or are you holding stuff close to your chest uh, yeah we we do have plans um like we don't have anything like basically we just wrapped up uh production on a couple new singles or we're we're nearing wrapping up and we're actually planning on so Jesse I mentioned before lives in South Carolina um and the rest of us live in the Twin Cities um so he's he's going to fly out here gotcha. in February and we're for a week and we're going to take that week to do a you know, get a bunch of stuff done for the band, get a new photo shoot done, shoot a new music video, um, record some new stuff. Like we got a whole bunch of stuff planned and um, basically we're going to try to get a new release ready for March. So that's probably when we'll have our next song out. So are you, I, I've noticed a lot of bands doing this. I noticed that like all rappers do this for whatever reason, but bands I know do it, why they do it. Um, are you guys going to take that approach of just releasing singles yeah, as opposed to. Yeah. And then here's an why. EP so or basically or every time you put out a new single is a chance to land on a Spotify curated playlist. Um, and you can do this at once a month. Um, and so basically the people who choose these, songs that get on the curated Spotify playlists are basically like the people who decide what bands blow up and who doesn't. And like, um, and so basically our goal right. is, you know, we want to just put out singles as frequently as possible. Cause it's, you know, a new chance that we have to try to, you know, get a, a ton of exposure basically. And um, I think eventually like once we've got like maybe five or six songs out, we'll package them up and put an EP out um so i think that's going to be our forward i i I, I like that idea there's a band called protest the hero they're from uh canada they're from canada that's what they've been they've been doing a monthly subscription right they have a website and they release one song a month and i think they have been i think for like the past years unless they stopped recently or something but they kind of you know and i think that's the right approach and Correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, there's a lot of money that goes into release, like a CD or an EP. If you're going to pump that all out at once, you know, you got you're going to need probably need to do you know to cover cost. Well, fortunately, you guys have Chad, but again, his time isn't free, you know. But I think that the approach you're taking, it's also a safer approach too. Not only is it smarter business, I didn't know that about Spotify, but it's I think it's a safer approach too. Uh, you know, and it allows a song to stick, you know, especially when a, a band's trying to get out there. And I, and I preach this all the time, especially to rap artists. Don't release too much music. You know, they'll release like a, a, an EP one month and then two months later, they're releasing singles and stuff for the next piece of work or whatever. Um, 
do you got is that the the ultimate goal though i I would assume like you said you want the ep or whatever now do you plan see it's this i can't even ask this question man because of covid i was gonna say do you plan on like touring on those six songs for you know the immediate future as as far as as far as shows Uh, go we have but i guess some tours that have been coming up that we've been looking at we've been negotiating um some are coming to us as early as march but we just thought that was too soon for people to want to come out and shows. so we're looking at potentially yeah. april to to be touring again but it really depends on the bill what is it going to be worth our time so we're doing that uh if it's lucrative yeah yeah just to kind of go back into what you're saying about the album so we we dropped our our first album and we're so excited to do it and we basically on Spotify, we got the album together. We were able to submit one song from the album to the playlist, which we didn't get a bite. So we dropped this album on there with zero exposure whatsoever. <laughs> so it was like a waste of 12 songs. Yeah. Yeah. This is, we didn't know any of this stuff. Going yeah. Into essentially, it. And, man. You know, we had to learn it the hard way, unfortunately. Yeah. All right. What are your thoughts uh, on Reverb Nation? I don't really think it's relevant. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of outdated. Really? Reminds me of MP3. Yeah, it is. It's like a MySpace type of model. Reminds I'm just curious. What's that? Oh my gosh. Yes. Do you guys remember uh, oh God, uh, Pure Volume? I love that site, man. MySpace, all those. Uh, so. I'm trying to think here. Now, yeah. do you guys have a website? Do. Do okay, do you guys have merchandise like oh, a yes. website or uh, okay. uh, yeah? So plug that real quick. We actually we we've been running throughout the month of January the uh, pre-order promotion for um, a bunch of new designs that we have, um, and so you can check it out. And actually, today is the last day <laughs> for the pre-order stuff. Uh, yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> Good That's job, okay, James. but we, we, we've met our goal for how many pre-order sales <laughs> we wanted, and people can still go and buy shit on there. It's just um, oh, that's yeah, that's awesome. that's awesome. Now, are you guys doing it yourself? Like the, I'm just curious from my standpoint. Like, are you guys printing it up? Uh, like, you know, private yeah, vendor, or you using, using a private spring, or using like you know merch. something like that? You know, we we put it in a bulk order. You know, they're gonna they they do very good quality print um, and embroidery. And, you know, they're going to ship it to us and then we'll just have it on hand at that point and ship it ourselves. Um, I've heard um, from some friends and other bands that Teespring does not have very good quality. So, like, I don't know from experience, but. um, Yeah, yeah, it's. uh, Well, I, I mean, I know some people say it's good. Some people say it doesn't. There is different qualities you can pick of shirts. You know what I mean? Like in higher up, blah, blah. And I, I think a lot of it is to you, you got to be careful what designs you put on there and stuff. Um, I mean, my recommendation for, cause some people just can't afford to go get merch and Teespring would be the way to go to get started or whatever. Cause merch can be expensive. I would just say you put the name of your band or whatever in a font on it, you know, don't, mm, don't yeah. try to put a design or anything crazy on it. Um, so how, I know me as a band, and, and this is kind of a dumb question. It's but everything. I, how like important is merch to a band? The, your main way of making money at this point. 
Touche. Um, yeah, especially yeah. those shows going on. It's like, yeah, that's that's it our is. lifeline. That and streams. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, um, I book tours sometimes for like in Vogue Records, and uh, there's this group called um, Arkham Agency, and um, they deal with a lot of back ends and things of that sort, right? Where or like where the venue will get, you know, a cut of the merch. And I always make sure that I don't do that because I know that that merchandise is the bloodline of bands. It's it's so damn important, you know, just to mark just what you put on it, and you know, if you're gonna put lyrics on the back, and it's it's just such a crucial part of uh, development of a band. And the reason I asked, I was just curious to see what you would say about that because i agree with you wholeheartedly i think that merchandise is is king when it comes to money because you know a lot of people are you know a lot of people say well uh well if you're making music to make money you know probably shouldn't be doing it or whatever but like you and i we get it you know no it's not that we're making it to, to make money but we do want to do this for a living so we yeah, got to treat it like a definitely. business a, ba- a band know, is a business a business, so business and that's strictly financial i can give out you know that's how you have to think about it it, it really is it's kind of interesting though, like how really ten years ago, um, okay. what used to make money for the bands was the music, and merchandise kind of same came secondary. And now it's like we yeah. give away music in the hopes of people buying merch. It's kind of like it's been an interesting parallel or paradox to watch happen over the last several years. Wow, you know what? You're right. Yeah. No. Wow, that is weird. Do you think CDs I mean, will ever come back? Obviously, it's. And, no. you know, and why would like they? You know? I mean, they, they're still, like, not gone. Like, people want them as, you know, a piece of collectible memorabilia, I guess. You know, something the band members can sign. Um, it's right. Like, but, yeah, why, why would you, you know, you have this tiny little computer that you put in your pocket that has every song in the world on it. So, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And you. You can make like cards yeah. now that people can. One thing scan I wouldn't mind doing at some point in time know? because this is on the rise, but will it ever get to back where it was? No, but vinyl. I always thought it'd be kind of dope to do a. That's what I. Yeah, that's yeah, vinyls. That's why I was kind of going with that. Yeah, like Dance Gavin Dance and bands like yeah. that are you know releasing vinyls, and I mean they they're gone instantly. But of course they have a yeah. huge. I mean they're arguably the biggest uh, you know post hardcore band in the world. Um. All right, I got one. I got a couple more questions. Um, they're they're goofy ones. Well, okay. First, this is kind of serious here. All right, um, I'll start with Chad. Give me give me a couple influences of yours, whether it's bands or drummers or whatever. Maybe it's guitars. Oh, well, from a producer producer standpoint, just in terms of how I like to model my life after is like Adam D from Killswitch. Just because he plays an extremely successful band, he produces a lot of other bands, gotcha. he engineers a lot of other bands, and like if I could design my life, yeah. that's what I would Devil do. I would product. be in the failsafe touring, and then when we're not touring or writing a record, I'm helping other bands with their records. So that would be like the dream is to kind of do what Adam D from Killswitch does. Um, and that cracked me up. And winning on the Price is Right. So hardcore to see him win the Price is Right. That was just a magical moment in time. <laughs> Oh man, I didn't mean um, to interrupt. But you. like musically, like I'm definitely, uh, I I can't break out of the early 2000s. And Jesse gives me infinite amount of shit for this. Like I love bands like AFI, Rise Against. Um, 
Because I grew up in California, I remember watching AFI like a coffee shop with like 150 people. Was they really? They just they just signed the rise. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They just they released some new material. That's crazy that you say that's awesome, dude. I got tons of. They 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 changed the way I perform live. Like the first time I saw them, I was like, holy! There was no pyro, there was no lights, there was no nothing. It was just pure energy, and seeing them like on a molecular level change the way (laughs) I play live. And so, from just a musical standpoint, from a performance standpoint, AFI has a very very special place in my heart. That's why I sing. Maybe that's Havoc. what made me join choir so <laughs> I could sing like a girl, like so, Baby Havoc. But yeah, I mean, other bands like I'm, I'm a no, giant Breaking Benjamin it. fan. I do love Chevelle. Metallica was the band that got me into hard rock and metal in the first place. So I mean, but then again, I really like you know I'm a big fan of singer songwriter music. Um, Emily Kinney is a big favorite of mine. Um, uh, so I'm kind of across the board in that regard. And then it's kind of funny. For a long period of time, what paid my bills in the studio was doing hip hop and R and B, and so that definitely going from a rocker standpoint to having to adapt to a whole other world of music just kind of opened me up to another world of music as well. So that was kind of a fun period in life. I, I hear you on that, like kind of having a transition, you know, even yeah. without wanting or whatever. But it does; it leads to different paths and things like that. That's awesome, though. That uh afi that's that's fucking that's badass all right jesse no offense to any to chad or or cal but I, this is the one i'm most My interested in who are, what are your influences here um from a vocal standpoint i would say hands like houses wow that's the first time <laughs> uh, i've ever heard that like i never gave them much one. of a chance uh, Paris, although I'm not a chick, but she, uh, just her songwriting and the her production, uh, Bring With Horizons is another big one. And as far as my samples and my and that side of things, uh, a group called Dance with the Dead, I've been really influenced by lately. It's a two-piece synthwave band. No I'm vocals. Not familiar. They're foreign, I'm aren't they? Listening to it for the samples. Because they use the same shit I do. Uh, I don't think so. Are they are they foreign? No. I'd say usually those bands with the juicy samples or groups with juicy samples are uh, foreign. Yeah. I, I, that back to the ocean in Alaska, they got Otherwise, a lot of samples. That's about it. Foreign. I guess, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, so. that's Okay, um, what about you, Cal? Like growing up, before I started playing guitar, I was really into uh pop punk a lot um like blink 182 green day you know and you know those kind of 2000s emos band yeah good charlotte follow boy that kind of good stuff. charlotte and then when i started playing guitar i quick very quickly got into metallica and that's how i kind of built up my chops um and then i i was really into like 2000s metalcore bands like bullet for my valentine trivium kill switch engage um and but as far as what influences on the band or at least in my writing for the failsafe, you know, I kind of, you know, look at what newer metal and metalcore bands are doing, um, like Bring Me the Horizon, Architects, stuff like that. Um, 
recently spirit box i don't know if you've heard of them but they've yeah they're fucking they came i just out got nowhere, familiar holy shit just blown away by how good they are um yeah 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 she's something yeah. else man well the group the band overall it's yeah, just no, something Chad, else you're, like, you're the a whole group i shouldn't say she you like your old group. music but like you should check out this spirit box band because they have a female vocalist just like you like so. oh, that's my favorite yeah <laughs> yeah listen to at least five songs yeah. too like because they're all going to be different and like we like i i couldn't believe one song i was that's the same group what the hell yeah it's 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 phenomenal yeah. i like that genre bending type of stuff like that though it's i mean it's you know there's there's no limits they just do what they want and it's eerie too it's 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 creepy it's spooky Can you guys hear me? Oh, okay. I <laughs> thought I thought I might have I was like, damn, they're being awful. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, we're we're like an hour in, so we're gonna wrap it up. But uh is there any last things you guys want to uh say or shout out? I'm gonna blink you guys down in the I mean, description I, yeah, and everything. I, so. Oh yeah, so I just you know reiterate about our merch. Um it's on our main website, we are the failsafe.com. That's where you can find it. We've got T-shirts, hoodies, hats, tank tops, uh, CDs, all kinds of good stuff, some sweet designs. Um, so please check that out. Yeah, I always do this for, like, uh, the bands. I always say, you know, uh, first two, three, four, maybe five people that hit me up. They've listened in this far. Uh, in my inbox, so, you know, I'll, I'll pick. Up I do want to give a shout out real from, quick to my uh, just from an audio engineering standpoint, my second pair of ears, who's really been helping with my mixes recently. My buddy Augustine Ortiz Jr. He's actually mastered a couple things for us. I just want to give him a quick shout out for just being a good dude and just helping me with and helping the band out with our masters and stuff like that. So, quick shout out to Augustine. Yeah, <laughs> it's he's definitely got a producer yeah, name for sure. Name too. Jesus, dude. He and sounds, of course, like, sounds like a Greek god, you know, dude. Our fans just thank you so much. Well, They're, hey, you know, it's ahead, it's every little thing that you guys do for us, whether it's a shout out on Facebook or a, a tweet or a retweet or or buying a CD or buying a hat or whatever the case is, like any little thing that you guys do, no matter how small you guys think it might be, it, it's big to us, and we're just so thankful for you guys doing what you do to help us do what we do. I mean, that means the world to us. And we honestly just can't thank you guys enough for, for being a part of our, our family. And we appreciate it. Oh yeah. That's, that's yeah. Uh, fans, you don't realize, man, how much it, it truly does mean they ain't blowing smoke up your ass, man. They each and every one of you means a hell of a lot to, I mean, even this podcast, each listener means a hell of a lot. Well, I want to thank Chad, Benno. Jesse, Benno. and what is it, Bino? Benno? Benno? Uh, he couldn't be here, I guess, or he isn't here either way, but shout out to him. And um, shout out to the Failsafe, you guys as a whole. Really appreciate you guys taking time, being patient with me on my scheduling. Um, and hopefully when you guys get some more stuff out. Uh, That'd be awesome. We'd love to be back. And thank you for, just, uh, for taking the time to, we'll again. and wanting us to be on your show. I mean, it's again, it's all about help people helping each other out and exposure and, and things like that. So just thank you for introducing us to your audience. We appreciate it. 
Yeah, most definitely. Thank you for having us. Hey, no problem, man. That's what it's all about, dude. Uh, thanks. Go. Yep, no problem, guys. Take it easy. Today's episode is brought to you by Kathla Clothing. Available in over 300 different outlets, including online as well as physical stores such as Zoomies. Yeah, this clothing company is no joke. Top-notch quality, fair prices, and amazing designs. Amazing crew, amazing people. And I'm not just saying that because they sponsor me. I mean that wholeheartedly. You can also find their merchandise at www.acathlaco.com. That's www.acathlaco.com. Maybe mention my name from the Stash Podcast, and who knows? Maybe you'll get a discount or something. Stay tuned for future giveaways and promo codes. Once again, I want to thank Brian and the Acapa Clothing Company family for sponsoring this video. Without you guys, I wouldn't be able to do this. Now let's get on to the cast.